You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about the variety of topics covered on the show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. And if you enjoy this episode, please consider becoming a monthly donor to support my work and allow it to continue to go on and be free for all to access for as low as 99 cents a month. Visit the Support the Show link on my site's homepage for more information. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. There is tons of news to get to today, so let's just jump right in. We have five big stories to cover and then some more rapid-fire headlines. Story number one, Taemin's Beyond Live concert, his last show before he enlists in the military later this month. I'm already bracing myself to... Get really emotional when Taemin goes off for his military time. And it definitely didn't help me stop being emotional to watch this show. Taemin also was very emotional naturally, reflecting on how he's really grown up with fans. How his fans from his early shiny days are still with him. And now they're married with kids of their own they play shiny music for. And it's a really cool almost... Backstreet Boys-esque moment for the next generation to hear second-gen K-pop now. That's how fast the K-pop industry moves, so it just makes sense. Anyway, he talked about how he really does hope to still be doing this in 10 years. So 10 years from now, we'll have another shiny decade in a decade in Shiny's career celebration. Well, less than 10 years from now, but you know what I mean. And a celebration of 10 more years of Taemin as a soloist and many more to come, hopefully. It's very, very cool to watch his performances when he also, in the same night, is reiterating his passion and his love that remains for what he does. I think that translates through the emotion and power his performances have, which allows for him to just be a great performer to watch. He's truly so mesmerizing, and two big things I really loved about this show. One was the nostalgic moments reflecting like that, Mixed with the fact he did this dance medley to shiny songs and his own songs as well. The second thing I loved was the set list. Because it did span his career, solo and in shiny. It also allowed him to tease a new song, Advice, that will come out with his album later this month. So it was all around just a great night for music. He performed some of my favorite b-sides, Shadow and Heaven. Even Pinocchio, which is a collab he did with B.Y. that did not get enough attention when it came out. Obviously, what I'm most stoked about, though, was was him performing truly one of my top 10 favorite K-pop songs of all time that I've probably ranted about on this show almost as much as I find excuses to rant about Zetao's music. But with Taemin, what I... is truly just one of my favorite songs of all time is Goodbye, and of course he performed Goodbye. Right before Shadow, Goodbye Shadow may be super unintentionally symbolic there. Really well done, and I hope the viewers who tuned in from 119 regions feel the same. If you want all of these thoughts and theories about Easter eggs and symbols and deeper meaning within Taemin's whole discography, check out Taemin's newest act or Taemin period, the two episodes of this podcast all about Taemin's work. Speaking of people who I talk about a lot on the show, Taeyeon has another new SoundCloud track out, which is story number two. This one is a collaboration with Baekhyun called Monroe, and it's basically a flirty song to his Monroe. It's a love song about someone he has a crush on. But what's more interesting than just the song 
is getting to hear the behind the scenes of the release of that song, which Taeyeon always does with his live streams. And this time was no different, so he opened up on VLive. He revealed actually that the Monroe cover art, which he took at a stylist friend's house, side note, which the rapper One actually also filmed in previously. But anyway, this cool artsy stylist house that he took the promo pictures for Monroe in was something he took pictures for before Blue, but Blue came out first. He also revealed that there was this different demo version of Monroe that was recorded in 2019, and we got to hear a bit of it on the V-Live. He said he made this on basically while reflecting on what being in love should look and feel like. Other details about this release that are noteworthy. For this SoundCloud song's cover art, he was making paintings in real time, In one of those paintings he ended up giving as a gift to the stylist who let him film there. In its first 24 hours, Monroe reached 730,000 streams, 95,000 likes, nearly 11,000 shares, and over 30 comments. 30,000 comments. Beckian on the first verse, interestingly, sings about keeping a poker face, yet being mad that you won't open up to him. Like, why are you having a poker face? Yet, I'm trying to hide my emotions. So, it's kind of a mirror in this relationship. These partners are both hiding a lot. So, he's getting mad, but maybe he should look in the mirror first? That's how I interpreted that. On verse 2 with Taeyeon and Baekhyun, they sing about, Give me the sign, all I have left is time. I'll be waiting for you. And then they start talking about Apollo and Venus. Venus is viewed as one of the most powerful goddesses, if not the most powerful. The goddess of beauty, prosperity, victory, tons of stuff. Similarly, Apollo is the god of music, dance, the arts overall, healing. So naturally together they are like the literal OTP in history. And then they compare the relationship or just you entering their life as like a thunderbolt. You can't ignore it, it's too loud and it's distracting you. I love that Taeyeon gets to show off this more mature side of himself in this release, but I do love the fact that he still showed his softer side during the V-Live because when the song came out, he's also been at the same time talking about in a less confident tone, but a different form of confidence, a quieter form of confidence. He's been consoling fans and opening up about being bullied as a kid, and you would never look at the Lee Taeyeon and think that he would ever be bullied. He's such an icon, but that was the case. And so he opens up about learning to accept himself. And he says now he kind of has the mindset of whatever. Haters can say whatever. If letting off steam, if their way of letting out steam is slamming me, whatever, go ahead, have at it. Which is an interesting way to look at it as these people have their own issues. Hurt people hurt people. Let them let it out of their system, I guess, and I'll just stay unbothered. Easier said than done, of course, but a good way to look at it. He's also given some other great advice recently, which we will not talk about today, but on a very an NCT Talk episode coming your way very, very soon. That is all I will tease for now. Speaking of NCT, a new NCT subunit is officially on the way. So here's what the plan is, and then I'll give my take on it. Auditions were just announced for boys ages 13 to 25 who want to be a part of this program. There's a new TV show that's going to be a team-up between SM Entertainment, which is where NCT is from, and MGM Studios. 
This SM and MGM partnership sounds like it's been in the works for a while, and actually, NCT Hollywood was a term for this subunit referenced dating back to 2019 at KCON during a panel it was brought up. So this has been simmering for quite a while, and maybe, who knows, maybe the plan was to launch NCT Hollywood in 2020, but the pandemic is what delayed it, because if you think about it, Wave E came out in 2019, so wouldn't the next subunit maybe come out the next year? Maybe that was the plan? Just a thought. The contestants selected through these auditions, which more information will become available about later on, will attend a boot camp of sorts in Seoul. They will be expected to receive mentorship from NCT themselves. Unclear what form that takes. It seems to be a comment alluding to NCT actually making a cameo at some point, but maybe they just want you to think that so you tune into the show. I don't know. This show is coming from the producers of Shark Tank and The Voice, Survivor, so it's, it's a big, big deal. Su Mian Lee, the founder of SM Entertainment, said in his statement, quote, I look forward to making an unconventional audition show that all music fans around the world can enjoy, unquote, implying that this TV show will be broadcast all around the world. MGM Studios chairman Mark Burnett said, quote, K-pop is more than a genre of music. It's a cultural phenomenon, and we're excited to partner with the incredible Su Mian Lee and the team at SM to bring K-pop to the U.S., I have three main thoughts about this. One is that at first I was honestly just surprised because I assumed NCT 127 was essentially NCT North America. With Johnny and Mark involved and just the fact they promote here so often, I assumed they were kind of the de facto NCT Hollywood. I would have assumed a different country would have come next on this giant long-term plan to have an NCT subunit from pretty much every country. So that was a bit surprising. So NCT-127, I guess, is just viewed as the core subunit. I don't know how they would characterize them, and I guess just as the subunit from South Korea. Second thing I found interesting is that, remember, recently HYBE partnered with Universal Music Group for their own audition show. It's really interesting timing how HYBE announced that partnership for an audition TV show, and auditions open up to a similar age range, if not the same one. And now SM Entertainment does the same thing. But first of all, I know there's a lot of chatter always about SM seemingly copying HYBE or vice versa. I think this is more complex. And whenever we see people quote-unquote copying what another company is doing in the K-pop space, it's not really copying, it's just following a trend. You want to jump onto what's working, You want to further their efforts to spread K-pop globally or whatever the case may be. If their end goal is being achieved, you want to follow their secret to success. And so I think it's just how the music industry has those trends. I don't think it's directly a let's copy their model type of thing. It's just how things work. When an idea is working, people jump on board and do the same type of format. We also don't know who would have copied who first. So it's further a pointless waste of time to argue SM copied HYBE or vice versa because who knows how long this stuff is in production before there can be a huge gap in the time frame between when an idea gets started and when the idea gets executed in the TV world especially. So one of these ideas could have been thought of a lot sooner than the other got announced. And to further prove my point about why this isn't just about SM and HYBE, HBO Max just partnered with 
CJE&M, which owns Mnet, for their own K-pop audition show, and theirs is going to be in South America. So the point is that, as the chairman Mark Burnett said, K-pop is really this cultural phenomenon, and television wants to help the Hallyu wave reach new people. Regardless of what companies are behind that push, that was just going to inevitably be where the marketing strategies were headed, so why not just jump on board? That's how I see it. So one, I was surprised about the North American focus. Two, I thought about the interesting timing and started thinking, oh my gosh, people are going to say they just copied Hybe again, but I think it's more complicated than that. I know it's just a personal pet peeve of mine, I guess, but whenever anyone says K-pop is a genre, that's not really accurate. So when that chairman said K-pop is more than a genre and we want to push it forward, I appreciate the sentiment, but it's an industry. It's never been a genre. It's an industry. K-pop has always been mixed with R, you know, R&B and rock and rap. It's all in there. The fact that it's all collectively called K-pop is because it's part of the same industry. If this diverse array of sounds is all put under the category of K-pop, and labeled a genre, not an industry, that I just have a problem with. So I worry the judges on this show might say stuff like, that didn't sound anything like K-pop. Well, what did you think K-pop would sound like? You're using the K-pop industry formula still, but the amount of sounds you can play with in the K-pop world is so diverse, and it's important to highlight that. So we'll see. I'm very curious how the show goes. I'm sure it'll be a smash hit. SM Entertainment always delivers those. Story number four today is some really good legal news. The Guhar Act has finally passed. If you recall, we've talked before on the show about this situation where they changed the score so that instead of Guhar's mom getting a 50-50 split of Guhar's inheritance with her dad, it was 40-60-60 for her dad, 40% for her mom. So despite the act not passing yet, at that time it might have still swayed the court a bit because they did rule not entirely in the mom's favor, fighting for at least 50%. One of the reasons the Guhar Act did not pass previously was just because the National Assembly didn't get to it. It was just not on the front burner for their schedule, and the session time ran out before they reached that case. So it's not like it lost due to a lack of merit or something. So her brother decided we're going to continue the fight and reintroduce this legislation at a later date, that later date has come. And the 21st National Assembly policies now include the Guhara Act. The cabinet passed it so that it'll apply for five years now. I'm hoping that can be renewed every year, but we'll see. Hopefully it's back on their minds again in five years when it's close to expiring. But this means for the next five years, anyone in this situation where a parent is absent from your life, and then suddenly wants to swoop in and claim inheritance money if their child passes away, they are no longer allowed to do that if they are deemed to have not fit the court's definition of helping provide the basic necessities of life as well as emotional support to their child. For my last big story of the day, I want to talk about this collaboration RM just released with Ian. E-A-O-N. Don't Honestly is a song that would not sound out of place on Mono, RM's solo mixtape. It's definitely his style, and the lyrics really are classic RM, where he sings about a pebble, basically. So RM's verse says, quote, What color are waves? White as snow when they break. Did you survive the drift okay? 
Still as a pebble, could you stay? Turn on the moon. In my small chimney, could you stay? Don't take away the name only you know. I don't need magic, just be here. The whole song is about that, about needing your loved one to stay. I know things are not working out well between us, but don't go. We can salvage this relationship. Couple of things I want to bookmark. One is that he referenced the pebble again, which he's been doing a lot lately. Definitely would not be surprised if BTS releases a song called Pebble. Second of all, Turn on the Moon was one RM had previously been discussing while working on Blue and Gray. They were working on the lyrics for it. Turn on the Moon was going to be in there, didn't make the final cut. So that's interesting that it just moved over into the song Don't. Third thing is that he's using this wave metaphor to really, I think, better explain why all this time he's been talking about pebbles. And I think he sees the meaning in them as using this wave metaphor to describe how a relationship crashed and fell to the shore, basically. And what remains after the waves pull back can be just pebbles. So there's something still there that you can salvage and work with. It's just totally not in the same form it once was. Here are your miscellaneous rapid-fire headlines. Bam Bam has just joined TikTok. Monster X's show new will be sitting out of their June promotional activities for the new album. His detached retina issue that he had surgery on previously is flaring up again, long story short. Sun, the A-Pink member who chose not to renew her contract with Play M Entertainment, just officially signed with YG Entertainment as an actress. Twice just won the Diamond Creator Award from YouTube, and they're only the fourth K-pop channel to actually reach that amount. The first were BTS, Blackpink, and Big Bang. The first issue of Rolling Stone Korea is out, and the cover stars are the stars of P Nation. Speaking of magazine covers, BTS's latest is Burdock Magazine. This is one that I really want to highlight because, as I've said before on the show, there are a lot of unofficial magazines and books and stuff out there, but when there is one that is made with a specific level of care and attention and input that I trust, that's a different story and I really want to highlight that work. This is a Korean-American publisher's work and a Korean-American writer's work on their views of BTS. So you can go to burdockmedia.com backslash shop if you want to order. I believe as of recording time, international shipping is not an option, but soon, fingers crossed, question mark, we'll keep you posted. The boy band B.O.Y. has decided to disband. It is a two-member group. Since one of the members is going to enlist now, the other member just decided let's just be done with this group. So MusicWorks Entertainment officially confirmed they decided to just end their contracts with the company. The A100 list of most influential people this year includes Blackpink, as well as Bowen Yang, Naomi Osaka, Riz Ahmed, a lot of really iconic people on this list this year. Yisun's album, Beautiful Night, topped iTunes in 21 regions. Ian and RM's collaboration, Don't, topped iTunes in 73 regions in the first 24 hours. Thanks to Singularity, BTS is now the first artist to get 28 number ones on the Billboard World Digital Song Sales Chart. 28 number ones. Speaking of making history, Blackpink's Pretty Savage audio, not the video, just flat out the audio, on YouTube, has surpassed 100 million views 
making it the only K-pop audio-only video like that to ever achieve this. Blackpink are also now the 10th most followed act on Spotify. They just surpassed Camila Cabello to get that spot. Size Gentleman music video just surpassed 1.4 billion with a B views. Surpassing 200 million views is Red Velvet's Peekaboo. Surpassing 100 million views, Mamamoo's Starry Night and Beast with Fiction. They finally reached 100 million views on one of their videos. Beast, after a whole rebrand and everything, and iconic single after iconic single, Beast finally reached 100 million views on a video. Juhani from Monster X just joined Instagram. Donhyuk from Icon had to be tested for COVID after coming into close contact with a positive COVID case, but Donhyuk's test came back negative, but he's still in self-quarantine out of an abundance of caution. Similarly, everyone on Kingdom, everyone on the show Kingdom had to get tested after a dancer tested positive. Luckily, every single one of them tested negative. Sunjon from Infinite just got discharged from the military. BTS has been nominated at the MTV Movie and TV Awards this year for their Break the Silence documentary. NCT Dream was chosen as MTV Asia's Spotlight Artist of the Month. Niju's Take a Picture video just surpassed 50 million views. TXT just broke a personal best in pre-orders for their upcoming album. For context, their last album, the mini-sode Blue Hour, took about a month, and then after a month, the album reached 400,000 copies sold. This time already, just for pre-orders, they surpassed 520,000. Similarly, a personal record was broken by ITZY with their Guess Who album sales. Their first week album sales for their last release was over 144,000 copies. This time it's over 200,000 copies. That is all the news for today, but while I still have your attention, still thinking about India and the crisis they are currently facing, a lot of kids are now parentless. It has a ripple effect of grieving, and I think that gets overlooked a lot. There's just so much, so much struggle right now in India with COVID, and if you want to help in any way, a good way to do so is you could go to giveindia.org. You could also visit this mass Google Doc. It's always updating of current donation places. So you can visit bit.ly backslash mutual aid India case sensitive. So include capital M, capital A, capital I in mutual aid India to donate now. Lots of exciting stuff happening later this week on the show. So stay tuned and thank you all for listening as always. Talk to you all again soon.